0: For those of you that know me, or if you've ever heard me teach before, uh, chances are that you know that my family and I, we love to travel. And we're trying to get to as many states and as many of the national parks as we can while our kids are still under our roof. And so we went to Yellowstone a few years back and also spent a couple of days at Grand Teton in Wyoming. And if you've been there, you know that not only is the landscape breathtaking, but the wildlife is pretty incredible too. I mean, from elk to moose to buffalo to bears, I mean, it's worth the trip. And we also like to hike. And so with so many cool places to hike around Grand Teton, my kids were relentless about wanting to go for a hike. But I gotta be honest and say that I was afraid. I was a little reluctant, a little worried, and here's why. Bears. Uh, there were bear signs posted everywhere. People were talking about beware of the bears. We had heard so many stories of the potential of encountering a bear on a hike, but my kids wouldn't quit. I mean, they weren't afraid at all, and so I finally caved in. I finally gave in so that we could do a little hiking, and so we picked this one hike. It was three to four miles long, and uh, we were at the trailhead, and I was pretty anxious because, again, I'm the protector of the family. I'm supposed to be the the brave, uh, the, the the courageous one. And so, again, we were at this uh, particular trailhead, and as, as we were getting ready to start, I looked down on the ground, and there on the ground was this shiny silver whistle. And so I thought to myself, well, you know, I mean, in case I might need something like that, I reached down, I picked it up, and I put it into my pocket, and while I was down there, I thought, well, I might as well grab a couple of rocks at the same time, and so I slid those into my, my pocket as well. Well, fast forward, we had a great hike, we had a great time together, uh, no bears, so, I mean, we're all accounted for in our home today, but as we were coming off the trail, I, I turned to my wife, Jenny, and I, as I was pulling this whistle and these two rocks out of my pocket, I said to her, well, I guess I'm not going going to need these. And I wish you could have seen the look on her face as she stared at me, and she thought, what in the world were you going to do with a shiny whistle and two rocks? And I'll just say, my reply to her was, well, I wasn't going to lay down on the ground and let the bear eat me or something. Um, Can I be honest with you about something? And I, I don't know if this is true of you or not, but I'm a worrier. Uh, I, I have a, a, the tendency to do a lot of worrying. And we all know that there are different kinds of worriers. Uh, I think we'd all agree with that. We all know there are people who are so carefree. Uh, they have no worries at all in their life. They just go and they go and nothing ever seems to slow them down. And then there are the professional worriers. All right? These are, are people who are so good about worrying. I'm a little like this. I mean, you worry about everything. You uh, internalize everything. There are uh, so many what-if scenarios that you can run through in your head at any given moment. And, and you, you, what you do is you carry around the burdens uh, of yourself and others, uh, of the world, and you worry and you worry and you worry about them. I don't know if any of you know anyone like that or not, but uh, then there are the rest of us. Uh, you've got the carefree people, you've got the worriers, and then somewhere in the middle uh, really just kind of describes the rest of us. But in light of this incredibly wonderful year we call 2020, uh, we all, again, and maybe struggle with a little bit of worry. But let me ask you this, and be honest with me if you would. Um, does anything good come from worrying? And just think about that for a moment. Like, Can, can, can you think of a time in your life where uh, maybe by worrying you were able to add days or uh, add minutes to your life? Do, would you say that worrying makes things easier or, or better? Does does worry ever change the circumstances? I mean, think about this. Have you ever met anyone uh, who maybe had a good story to tell about worrying? We were like, yeah, you know, I, I would have never gotten through med school if it wouldn't have been for worrying, you know? I mean, it, it, it just helped me get through. Or uh, believe it or not, I worried, and one day the cancer was just gone. I, it, was, it was magical. It was miraculous. Or, or how about this? Instead, uh, what if instead of a, a vaccine for COVID-19, what if the director of the CDC were to come on the news tomorrow and say, well, hey, we've got a brand new plan. Plan for eradicating COVID nineteen. We're just going to ask everyone to spend the next month worrying as much as possible, and if we all worry together, we really think we can get through this and, and make it go away. Doesn't work like that, does it? Uh, we, it doesn't work that way. We're all smart enough to recognize that nothing good comes from our worrying, and it impacts so many of us. And if we're not careful it will consume us. I I like what Pastor Dave Stone has to say about worrying. He says, worry is like a hyperactive dog in a fenced-in backyard, madly racing around the perimeter of our skulls until it beats a dirt path upon which nothing healthy can grow. See, nothing good comes from worrying, but it's real. I mean, you know it's real. I I know it's real. Uh, We all know that it, it affects and impacts us in so many different ways, and if not addressed, It really has the potential of ruining us. And so the question I want to look at today with you and and spend some time unpacking is just this one. Um, Is there a way to find victory over worry? I mean, all joking aside, you know, some of you are are listening in right now. And if you're honest, you would say, you know what, I'm really struggling with worry, Uh, maybe barely hanging on right now. And it could have everything to do with COVID-19 and just all the fear around it. Maybe it's Uh, fears about your job right now, or you've got some fears and worries about your your kids. Maybe you've got some relationship problems or or something else uh, going on with your health, but you're here today and you know that you're desperate for something. Friends, there's good news. Can I tell you the good news? The good news is that Jesus cares about what you care about. He cares about all these things. He cares about you and me. He cares about all of our worries. And and whether we're ready to believe it yet or not, he offers a solution, a remedy to the problem of worrying. Open a Bible if you have one, uh, or if you use something like a Bible app on your phone, go to Matthew chapter 6 with us. Uh, We're going to look at some words that come out of one of Jesus' most well-known teachings, a, a teaching that we often refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. And again, you can follow along with us. We'll also provide the words here for you on the screen. But before we look at what Jesus has to say about worry... Let's first pray and ask God to open up our hearts and to prepare our hearts and minds for what he wants to show us today. Let me pray for you and for us right now. God, we give this time to you. We believe that you can use any of these moments and your words, Lord, to influence us to change us, to bring healing and guidance and comfort. And as we talk about worry today, God, we wanna look to you and to what you have to say about worry and how that might influence the way we think about all of life and all of our circumstances right now. We give this time to you. Open up our hearts and minds to hear from you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, Matthew 6, beginning in verse 25, if you have your Bible, again, uh, this is a, a teaching that we refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. We know that Jesus took his disciples, and there were a number of other people as well that came out with him to this lawn area alongside of the Sea of Galilee, and here's what he taught them about worry. He begins in verse 25, saying, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not... See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry I think if we were to try and summarize all of what Jesus is saying about worry here, I'd, I'd write it something like this. What you focus on will determine what you worry about. What, what you're most devoted to, what, what you spend the most money on, what you give your time to and your energy to, chances are it will be the thing that you worry about the most. Because we worry about the things that we put our hope in. Can, think, think about it like this. If you put your faith or if you put your focus in things like money and possessions, chances are that you're going to worry when unemployment numbers go up or when uh, layoffs at work start happening or when the Dow Jones Industrial Average has a really bad week. Uh, if you put all of your faith and focus in your family or in a particular relationship, you're going you're gonna to worry. You're going to worry about your kids. You're going to worry when your kid doesn't make the team or when your kid doesn't get into the class or the school that they want. You're, you're, you're going to worry when your kids go through some tough pains. If you put your faith in, in politics, uh, the time of year like this one is, is going to drive you insane and you're going to worry about it if you put your faith in your health. Uh, This pandemic, thoughts of the winter and the the flu season are going to consume you and naturally they're going to increase the worry in your life. And it's not that there's anything wrong with a paycheck. It's not that there's anything wrong with saving for retirement or caring for for your kids. And uh, it's okay to be wise. It's okay to be prudent about your health and about your well-being. But what we focus on Uh, What we give the most attention to, what we put our faith in, is going to affect the highs and lows of the worries in our life. And so our level of worry, your level of worry, my level of worry is really tied to the things that we focus on the most. And that's the point of what Jesus is saying here in Matthew chapter 6, that your worry is tied to what you focus on the most. And so with that in mind, Here's another question, another question for you and me, especially if you would say that you battle or struggle with worry. And that is, what if we shifted our focus? Like, what if we shifted our focus to something else? I mean, if our level of worrying has to do with what we focus on, what we think about, what we're most devoted to, and we find that we're worrying too much, well, what if we shifted our primary focus to something else, or better than that, onto someone else. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what it would look like to get a grip, to get a hold on the worrying that threatens to consume you, to find victory and relief from worry? Friends, Jesus can show us the way. He has a solution, a remedy for us. Look at the text again, back up to verse 25. Notice that it starts with the word therefore. And anytime you see a therefore in the text, you need to stop and ask yourself, what is it there for? And it usually means that something significant precedes uh, what is now being said. And so to fully understand what Jesus is getting at here in verse 25 and beyond, you need to know what he says directly before it. Check out verse 24. Jesus says to them, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. And it's just interesting to me that before Jesus launches into this teaching on worry, he first addresses the danger of too much faith or too much focus on money. And I got a hunch that if we could take a poll right now for uh, even anyone listening in to a message like this one, most of us would say that some level of our worry is connected to the security that we find in money. I mean, we worry about money. It's easy to worry about money, and we're worried about not having enough of it. Now, the word for money here is actually the Greek word mammon, which translated means stuff. Uh, it's not just limited to money, but it's all sorts of resources. And so literally Jesus is saying you can't serve God and stuff at the very same time. You can't be fully focused on God and fully focused on these other things all at the same point. They're, they're going to oppose each other. They're, they're going to war against one another. And so you've got to decide which one is going to get your attention or your focus because you can't have it both ways, and whether that be money or against something else. And so with that in mind, again, look at verse 25. Once again, Jesus says, "'Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, "'what you will eat or drink, or about your body, "'what you will wear. "'Is not life more than food, and body more than clothes?' And you know what? Jesus knew his audience well. I mean, he knew their struggles. He knew the types of things that they were worrying about 2,000 years ago, that they worried about things like food and drink and clothes and health. And that's why Jesus said, you don't have to worry about those things. And the crazy thing is that if Jesus were with us today, all right and we could hear from him his his message would sound similar but a little different too. I mean I could imagine Jesus saying to us, you know, don't worry about your clothes, don't worry about your food, don't worry about your money or don't worry about your health, but at the same time I could I could hear him saying to us, you know, don't worry about school and the decisions that are being made right now and the uncertainty around it or don't worry about your job or the economy. Don't don't worry about your kids and those things that you can't control. Don't worry about you know, being single for the rest of your life. Now, now catch this. All right, Jesus, he's not being insensitive or out of touch with what's going on in your life or going on in the world right now. And does he think these things are insignificant? No, he doesn't think they're insignificant. He knows these things are important to us. And he's not suggesting that we be carefree or live reckless lives either. He's just saying, hey, you don't have to worry about those things. I'm not saying you can't be concerned about them. I'm not saying you can't think about them, but Jesus is just saying, I'm I'm telling you, you don't have to worry about those things. And he goes on to ask, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And again, I know clothes and food and money are important, but when it boils down to it, do those things really matter the most? Are those things the most important things in life? Verse 26 Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Those words there, look at the birds, you know, uh, Many of you know we've been having these outdoor services at both our Noblesville and Carmel campus this past month, and uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I was over at our Noblesville campus and outside, and this one little kindergartner, her name is Sloan, uh, she came up to talk to me, and we were just having this wonderful conversation about life, and while we were talking, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she looked up in the sky, and she goes, look at that, look at that. And so I I looked up in the sky with her, and there was this one single bird just flying directly over the top of us and all that were sitting at that moment, and she was just fascinated by it. Now, I couldn't help but think later, you know what, I don't have time to think about, to look at the birds. I, I couldn't help but think about how easy it is to get so distracted in life that who has time to stop and notice the birds? Sloan, on the other hand, she's not as busy as I am, all right? She doesn't have a million things running through her mind at any given moment like I do. And so she's able to notice something like the birds. And Jesus says, look at the birds. Now, I could hear Jesus saying, they, they don't have a 401k, Uh, They don't have to worry about the the harvest. They're not scrolling through their news feed on Facebook hour after hour each day. They just fly, build tree forts, and head south during the winter. Not so bad, right? The point is, the point that Jesus is making is they don't worry about life, and your heavenly Father feeds them. And Jesus asked there, I don't know if you saw that question in the verse, at the very end of it, he asked, are you not much more valuable than they? They? And at the sake of offending any ornithologists or bird lovers who might be listening in today, I'm just going to give it to you straight. You are so much more valuable to God than the birds. And why? You were made in His image. We were made in the image of God. I mean, you bear His thumbprint in your life. And, and I'm not saying that birds or any of creation, that these things aren't important to God, but, but He didn't send a Savior to die for the birds he sent a Savior to die for me, and he sent a Savior to die for you. And God loves you more than you know. Uh, and I don't know what that means for you or what that does to you and in, in your life and in your heart, but Uh, He sent His Son, Jesus, to die for you so that we could be forgiven. He, He died for us so that we could receive eternal life. And while that means so many wonderful things about life with God after this life one day, we often forget that His promises of eternal life are for right now also. And God doesn't want us. He he doesn't want you. He doesn't want his children worrying their way through life. He wants us to live by faith and by trust, trusting him all of the way with every day we've been given here on this earth. And that's more than just the right way to live. You could argue that's a better way to live because Jesus doesn't want anyone worrying their way through this life. He doesn't want you worrying your way through this life. That's a miserable way to live. Jesus offers us a better way to live. And he continues with the question that we asked just a moment ago in verse 27 when Jesus asked, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? I mean, is there anything to gain by worrying? Chances are that some of us have reduced the hours of our life, you know, by the worrying that we have done. Verse 28 Jesus goes on, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? And so again, God takes care of the birds. And Jesus reminds us that he takes care of the flowers too. I mean, once again, you can see that that you're more important to God than these things. You were made, you and I, we were made in his image. But then Jesus cuts right to the heart of this worry issue for the people listening then and for you and I that struggle with worry now because he ends here by asking really more of an exclamation, you of little faith. Now, what's the word there? The big word there, faith. Jesus points to faith. And this is big. Don't miss this. Let's not race past this. Here's what Jesus is saying. He is saying that the reason why your worries are so great is because your faith is so small. Remember, worry is is a focus issue. When we are focusing our lives on anything other than God first, we're going to struggle with worry. I mean if you if money is the most important thing to you, chances are you're gonna struggle with financial security. Uh, If any particular relationship, you know, here on this planet is the most important thing to you, your ups and downs of worry are going to kind of trend with follow the ups and downs of that relationship. If if your priority is your health and that's what's most important to you, I mean, you and I, we're going to struggle with things like worry. Too much faith or too much focus on any of these things, it's going to lend itself to worry because none of these things can do for us what only God is capable of doing. They're not able to deliver for us in the ways that God can. There's no amount of money. There's no perfect marriage. There's no achievements, no amount of success that can do for us what only God can do. And so the more you are focused on, the more you're devoted to these other things, the more potential worry has to consume your life. Again, our worries are so great, Jesus says, because our faith is so small, which should only cause us to stop and question or wonder then, if we could increase our faith in the right thing, well, wouldn't that naturally impact how much we worry? Verse 31, Jesus continues, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. And these words right here should be incredibly insightful, even to reflect on and think about these words this week, that your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Or say it like this, God knows what you need. Friends, he he knows your health better than anyone. Uh, He's got his eye on your job and your income right now. I mean, our Heavenly Father is just as concerned about your kids and your marriage as you are. He's watching over all of the events of this world and the election right now. He is our omniscient, all-knowing God. He knows what you need, and if He knows what you and I need, then Jesus is saying we don't have to worry about it because it's in His hands. And if you and I would let Him, if you and I would put our trust in Him and promises like these, that's only going to increase our faith and decrease the worries of our life. Here, here's what it comes down to. If you take anything away from overcoming worrying today, think, think about this. Here's the solution that Jesus offers each of us. What should we do? Again, what, where should our focus be? In verse 33, Jesus says, but seek first. In other words, whatever it is besides what you've been focusing so much on, what, what you've been giving your time and attention to. If it's anything else but God, I mean, it, it's wrong. It's, it's not good for us to, to give our primary attention to these things, and it's only gonna lead to a pit of worrying, but Jesus says it's time to refocus your attention on something else. You, if you've been putting your faith, Paul, in the wrong things, there is another way. And so he says, but seek first, and what does he say? His kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That just means that no amount of money, uh, no level of happiness, there's no GPA, batting average, or rebounds per game average that can do for you and me what Jesus can do. And so Jesus, he's he's trying to drive home this idea here that if you want to overcome worry in your life, uh, if you want to discover a better way of coping with stress and pain and anxiety, make sure your focus is on me. That your primary focus, that your, all of your attention is on me, that Jesus above anything else, Jesus above everything else. And we don't have time to get into exactly what that looks like today, but I'll throw out just a few of these to you. I mean, it, it has everything to do with starting your day with Jesus. I mean, if you're getting up in the morning and the first thing you're doing is jumping on your phone and scrolling through the news, uh, Facebook news feed or, or getting on the news, that, that is, that's a horrible way to begin your day the best thing that you can do, that you and I can do in starting our day is to start our day with Jesus and learning to talk to Jesus and and not just in the morning, but regularly coming to him all day long with your worries. I mean, seeking Jesus first means getting to the end of the day. And as you take account for how you've spent your time, that Jesus gets more time than social media does. I mean, seeking Jesus first means surrendering every part of your life to him, all of your questions, and all of your worries and and he's not saying that you and I shouldn't have concerns. All right, don't don't get him wrong here. Like you and I you can be concerned about your kids grades. And there are things that you can do to help them. You, you can be concerned about your health. And there are important steps and uh, caution, you know, procedures and uh, important steps that you can take to protect yourself. Like you can be concerned about your job and your finances. And there are reasonable steps that you can take to position yourself financially so that when difficult times come that you're ready to respond to these. So we can be concerned. But Jesus says you don't have to worry. You can have these concerns, but you don't have to worry. And so the question to be considered is: Are you, are you focused on Jesus, or are you more focused on something else? I don't know if you've ever heard the story of Matt Emmons before. We've we've talked about him here. He was, uh, his story is a fascinating one. He was one shot away from claiming victory in the 2004 uh, Olympics. He was competing in the 50 meter. Three position rifle event. And he didn't even need a bullseye to win. All he had to do was hit the target in order to win the gold. And normally, the shot he made would have received a score of 8.1, more than enough for the gold. But in what is described as an extremely rare mistake in elite competition, Emmons, get this, fired at the wrong target. He shot at the wrong target. Standing in lane two, he fired at the target positioned in lane three. And because of it, he ended up in eighth place. I think that's a picture of what happens so much in life that we focus all of our attention and effort, not necessarily on bad things, but the wrong things, instead of focusing on Jesus first, instead of giving him our our time and attention letting him be the primary focus, the one that we are devoted to above anything else. And because we do that, because we look to so many other things, worry results from it. What if you and I, what if, we could, what if you could wake up every day knowing you could trust God? What would that look like? Can you imagine learning to trust him in that way? How could that impact your life? How could that impact your health? your relationships, and even your faith. Friends, be encouraged. Jesus says that we don't have to worry, that you don't have to worry, that you can trust him. And the way to overcome that worry is to make sure that your focus is on him above anything else. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, we thank you that you have given us a savior and a hope in Jesus Christ, but more than that, Lord, we also thank you that you've given us an, uh, an example, that you've given us a teacher and someone that can show us how to live life even here right now in 2020. And we thank you, Lord, that you have said that we don't have to worry, that we can trust you, that we can trust you in some pretty amazing ways, that you know what we need. And what a thought, Lord. And even for those that are listening in right now, that you know every story, you know every concern, you know every worry and you know what we need. I I pray right now that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would be impressing that on different people and their lives right now, that God knows what I need and that you love me and that you are a great protector and that you have everything we need. Lord, teach us, show us what it looks like to make you our primary focus and attention each and every day to aim our lives for you and that you can influence everything else in our lives, Lord. We trust you. We want to trust you. Show us how to trust you today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.